I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost the Words betting podcast. We are back as a three this week for the Kazoo Open de France event. Uh, Brad is back from his holiday, recently engaged. Congratulations, Brad, on your recent engagement. Uh, we look forward to the wedding that will probably happen next week and uh, and then a golf <laughs> winner that will follow. Yeah, good evening, Tom, and yeah, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, no, uh, got engaged, obviously, in, in Iceland, um, which was beautiful. Couldn't recommend anymore uh to anyone if you haven't been to that country it's my second time were you uh, like scouting like mini tour players or something at the time uh no i wasn't i should have <laughs> been i should have been no but i wasn't no i think i would have uh i got a right telling off if that was the case yeah. but once you've done the proposal it doesn't matter does it as we just discussed so you could have right, yeah. proposed and then got down to the golf course couldn't you but no in, in all seriousness congratulations on that and it's nice to have you yes, back on the podcast and jason hello again for two weeks in a row is there an engagement factor for, i hope so for, for golf punters it's got to be isn't it yeah, i'm, I'm yeah, yeah. feeling a big week although that should have been last week but yeah i suppose i did get to gala come through yeah exactly yeah. like yeah you did you did get the win so i mean <laughs> look, been something. i think uh I think by the end of this podcast, it will become clear who the one person is that we hope engagement factor gets over the line. Oh, 100%, uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll crack into that shortly. Let's very quickly recap what was uh, an adventurous Wentworth. Um, mm. Adventurous being the right word, I think, because of the people that got in the mix, people that fell away from the mix. Uh, Ludwig Aberg, who looks very assured until he didn't. Connor Syme that looked like he does on every Sunday, um, mm. maybe even worse this time around. It it was weird. Like Fox, I thought should have won the Irish Open the week before, and then potentially Hatton should have won this. This you know Wentworth or Rye should have even sort of tied him in the mm. clubhouse as well. So it, it feels like he he kind of lost or gave one away, but then sort of gained one a week later, and, a, and certainly a big event. Uh, Brad, what did you make of Wentworth on Sunday? Yeah, I did. I did manage to watch uh, the last round of Wentworth. I didn't catch. Uh, I tried to stay up for Tagana, but couldn't. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I did think Fox made some incredible shots down the stretch uh, to win it. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I felt as though when Hatton was in the mix, and then when Ram had an early run, I thought it was going to be between them two. And then I'm, I was on Aaron Wright 50 to one last week. And I'm thinking he just hangs on in there. He wasn't really making a move early on. Um, but yeah, he was really steady and obviously lipped out that eagle putt. I thought that was in all the way. I was like, I was, I already celebrated um, like an idiot before it even uh, got to the hole. Cause it just looked in all the way and it just lipped. And obviously that would have take, uh, took Fox to a playoff and uh, yeah, who knows what would have happened there. But yeah, I was surprised like you, um, I, Fox, as you said, he should have won last week. Um, but yeah, what is he now? Four-time winner. Um, and yeah, um, it's, it, he was he was worthy, I guess. In the end, got over the line. Yeah, I think I think with what Fox has done over the last couple of years is why we need to exact patience, I guess, on some of these golfers. And maybe we'll talk about one later on in the show. But 36 years old, and he was the person that never really got it done on Sunday until he did, uh, and now looks a good player in contention. Jason, any? Key takeaways from Wentworth, maybe ahead of the Ryder Cup or ahead of this week? No, I mean, I, uh, the Aberg thing's interesting. Uh, you can't, I mean, based on a very, very, very small sample. Um, when he won at Crowns, obviously came from behind. He was in front here. I'm not denying that that he's an outstanding prospect. Um, yeah. We've had outstanding prospects before. I still maintain it doesn't entitle him to make the Ryder Cup squad. I still say he could have gone in the Reese Davis type, um, Martin Keimer type environment where they went along for the experience. And I just hope that, you know, he's, he's you know, it's, he doesn't have a look when he's not to have a look, that he's, in it, he's not too inexperienced when he's facing, I don't know, JT down the 17th and the level, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's conjecture. We don't know. Um, I just thought it was quite, revealing really um i think he's under an awful lot of pressure 
now that he's been chosen. And, and I still maintain it was probably the wrong decision. Um, in terms of Wentworth, what I liked was um, 17 and 18 were not gimmies. Um, mm-hmm. And it certainly mean it really took you to, to the end of the tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, you've, you've covered them all. I mean, I'm really glad to see Aaron Rye play, play top grade now. He's progressing all the time. Again, what you said, you know, really, really good. Obviously, challenge tour player, really good on the Euro Pro, Euro Pro or whatever it was before mm-hmm. that. Um, and it's taken him a while. And, and I remember you sort of saying he's a bit ploddy on the mm. PGA Tour, but he's slowly progressing. And I mean, I, 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 my computer's frozen, but how old is he now? Is he, what, 26, 27, maybe? Is he older yeah. now? 28, 29? Yeah, I think he's about 28, 29. 28 years old, um, right? Yeah. Sorry? 28. He's 28. Okay, so it's taking time, but he's now showing up in really decent. You know, you give him the right conditions. He's always and and he's he's there. I mean, you don't have to look at what's what's in the field. You know, McElroy, Hovland, Ram. I thought Ram for me looked really hungry. Mm. I don't know why. I'm just 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 on what I saw over the weekend. He looked really hungry, and I thought that was good for Europe coming to the Ryder Cup. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tommy done Tommy didn't he? You know. Um, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he got placed again, and I think it's a very similar situation with the person we're all on this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, it's very similar. Not not obviously very the same similar, grade, yeah. but it is a very similar thing where they continue to look like they're going to win, and somehow from absolutely nowhere they just don't. Um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I thought it was it was a lovely event. I thought the Irish event was good. I thought this event was good. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed the last couple of weeks, to be honest. I don't normally bother, I mean, any more, like, particularly entire, entire days, entire weekends. You know, I watch yeah. the highlights and I'll obviously look at the stats uh, when I can. But I made a point and, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I must admit, it's been it's been the kind of couple of weeks where I've watched more golf than I have over the last, I don't know, maybe, you know, after the majors or whatever. But... I think any golf course, Brad, that gives you Ryan Fox over Tyrrell Hatton, Aaron Rye, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Tommy Fleetwood, Rory McIlroy, Adam Scott, and Chuck in Shinkman, I guess, for, for good measure, mm. is a good barometer, isn't it, of ball strikers. Um, Aberg yeah. was obviously up there, Stracker, Syme, 10th, Eddie Duplessis up there hitting the ball well. And then you've got kind of this, this real mix of players who, you know, Fitzpatrick, Horschel, Tom Kim were all there without really mm-hmm. Tom Kim never quite got as close as he needed to. And then <laughs> interestingly, Tom Kim made an eight and Shane Lowry made a nine on seventeen mm-hmm. uh, to really cost themselves chances of placing. So um yeah, some interesting finishes there. I think I think the great thing with Aberg and I don't know necessarily where everyone agrees, but like I think it was less the situation and more the golf course in the sense of like his he's still very driver heavy that's his sort of way mm-hmm. of getting getting ahead and that's how he you know distances himself from others you know play on words a little bit there but like I think when when you haven't got that on the final day not driving a complete shot because there's a little bit of pressure that you know goes completely awry at Wentworth whereas somewhere like Crowns you can get away from it and yes obviously he's coming through the field versus leading it as well I, I don't know Brad like it, it, it's a tough one with someone so green I guess I also feel of a bird that look the fact that he was up there again you know in this level of field and he had a chance in the final day is is good enough for me like he's still a top 10 finish and yeah the way he did fall to party he was gumping chips um it was a little bit worrying uh, in some aspect but I think the, the bigger picture is you could look at Nikolai, who struggled, um, and we're not putting any emphasis on that. And yeah. he was obviously tired 64th, didn't have a, a great tournament at all. Um, Berg still gave himself a great chance to win. And I think, um, you, for me, I would have always taken him on the right. I think it was the right decision. I think you can approve it. I, I, I think you can, it's, again, it's, comparisons are very difficult but obviously Sahith Gala, who we all knew at some point was going to was going to win and then go on to do hopefully really good things it's very similar um Figala obviously had chances he didn't win uh, as opposed to Aberg and Crowns but he had chances at Phoenix like uh was it last year was it even might have been long ago now wasn't it um Figala had two chances to win didn't he um mm-hmm. one was really unlucky at Phoenix I think it was 
and the other one was just a ridiculous shot. He tried to play out the bunker at wherever I can't remember now. Travelers. Um, yeah. yeah, 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 something like that. And in 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 effect, it's it's a very similar thing, and it goes along with the same as we're talking about Ryan Fox um, and that type of player. In that, I'm not having a go. I'm not having a go at him. You, you can't win every single week, and certainly if you only have nine, ten tournaments um, at the top level. Um, and yeah, I'm sure he's going to win loads. And your point about being driver heavy is absolutely bang on. And you know, Marco Simone will suit him miles better. Um, mm. I still disagree that I'd have taken him. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. I guess the thing, like the only the only thing now is that I was very much like Moronk needs to go. Moronk should definitely be in that mm. that team. And and he's done himself no favors really since. I know he obviously still finished well, inside the top thirty or whatever, but it was never really convincing. So it, he's not stepped up. He like. I thought he was going to step up in the adversity of being left out and really prove people wrong, and he hasn't. So, and as, opposed, all... as opposed to what? As opposed to being picked and 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 playing brilliantly for two weeks. It's it's look, no, I don't think it's an argument personally that, that there's there's not one way or the other. It's mm. your own personal view. Um, and this isn't a Ryder Cup episode, but um, I, I have to say I thought Morant was absolutely bang on. I thought the decision was made a couple of months ago. Yeah. They had a four-week break. They only played two events, and they made and then they made the decision as opposed to waiting after the. I don't. It's very close, or, or potentially moving the flagship event of the European Tour, and then making the decision. I, I, I'm not knocking it. I just think, I, I just think he was the 13th man um, for me, given an experience. And I, I felt as though Sunday sort of showed that he may come on from that and be and you know get, you know, four out of four or however many he's going to be playing, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's not that tournament, but there we are. That's my yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- I think I think he'll get. I think he'll play the four balls. I think he's the type of person you want to get out of there yeah. and see if he can make a birdie when Rory can't or whatever. Brad, um, that would yeah, be four balls. idea That's for it. me. And one one mm-hmm. other person that I think wasn't ever really on the radar, but certainly should be for teams going forward, is Vincent Norman. I've been really impressed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously winning on the PGA Tour, then winning the Irish Open, and then yeah. finishing the top twenty last week. Of course, it shouldn't really suit. Yeah, shame that's sort of come around at this time and not a little. I know obviously you won, but it wasn't enough. Uh, shame that it's all coming about now, or else he'd be yeah. definitely throwing his hat into the ring if it was a little bit later. Shows you how volatile these selections can be, I guess. Yeah, uh, it does, yeah, because he wasn't getting torched because, out at all, was he? Because you've got no Sergio Garcia, Lee Westwood, Graham yeah, Dow, yeah. etc. So because you haven't got them, and it's a whole new breed of um, breed of talent. Yeah. Um, or you know a whole a whole new year if you like. Um, that's why, that's why there's so many arguments about certain players. Anyway, it's not a Ryder Cup episode. Well, we've got we've got the Ryder Cup still about next week, haven't we? So let, let's move on. But I think there's, there's some good takeaways there from Wentworth. There's you know a couple of players that are still coming over to France to continue. Um, so plenty to discuss there. Let's go into the betting. So Tom Kim is the 11 to 1 favourite. That's a standout price. Then 12 to 1, Minmoo Lee. Ryan Fox, 14 to 1. Aaron Rice, 16 to 1. Alexander Bjork, 18 to 1. And then Thomas Dietrich and Billy Horshaw kind of round out in the in the 18s and 20s as well. Um, let's first of all talk about the favourite in, in Tom Kim. Uh, we were both on him last week, Brad. Um <laughs> I was impressed with him, but not enough to make him a ten to one favourite this week. Yeah, no, I think that is that's far too short, and it has to be has to be taken on at that price. Obviously, on paper, it's a good course for him. Um, this this course is all about well, I'd say over the year it has been accuracy, premium accuracy, um, and ball striking, and uh, that is on his best. That's what he's all about. Um, so. I can see why, but at the same time, he's not getting any of my money at that price. No, Jason, I'm sure you feel pretty much the same way about Tom Kim. Yeah, I mean, world number 14, isn't he now, I think? Um, so quite a way clear of this field. But yeah, I, I think he's outstanding. I mean, look what he did um, first look at Hoylake. You know, um, they say it's going to rain this week, I think, in France. Yeah, so, first two days, really heavy. Really, heavy really interesting to see what he does because he was playing brilliantly during during the, the, the rougher parts of uh, the, the Open. Um, yeah, fascinating to see what he does, really. And uh, yeah, I, you can't back him at ten to one, but but when you do think of some of the people, you know, if you fancied Fitzpatrick at ten to one at Crand, I know obviously the course form element, etc. But class wise, yeah, he, he he yeah, he's, he's 
it's hard to ignore, but it's it's not a course to just to turn up at, I don't think. Um, first time out and see what happens. The Americans were thrashed over here when we had um, the Ryder Cup in 2018. And yeah, as you rightly say, Brad, on paper, it's a perfect track for him, but 10 mm. ones giving nothing away, so who cares? It's interesting because you say about the rain and that could be a significant factor because the last couple of renewals of this, 2019 and 2022, we've seen bigger hitters in, in Nicholas Colesarts and Guido Migliotti get the job done. And it's been a little bit of detachment from what we've seen in previous years where accuracy really crowned. But I think just moving this back slightly to September and the, the kind of late summer that we've had potentially gives us a throwback, hopefully, based on mm-hmm. some high selections to, to the fact that the plotters can go around. But I think... One of the things that, that Dave Tyndall brought up on the DPR Tour podcast we did last night, like US Open players have got a good record here at, at France. And look, it's not because of the courses, because they rotate, obviously. But I think it's just the stern test and the mental test of something like the yeah. Golf National gives you. So Martin Kime has won this, won the US Open. Graham McDowell's won this back-to-back and won the US Open. Tommy Flea was contending in the US Opens. And even uh, Guido Migliozzi, 4th and 14th in two US mm-hmm. Opens and obviously won here last year. So I think there's something to that, Brad, and I think that'll lean into Tom Kim as well. But mm-hmm. I'll let you kick us off with the podcast selection <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll all chip in as the reasons why right. our headline selection can't win. OK, so we are all on Alexander Bjork this week and uh, he's, he's shortened up at 18 to 1. Um, he did open at 22s, um, but yeah, it's it's really nice to have some company on Bjork this time round, uh, so I can <laughs> avoid getting ripped by you both. Uh, but yeah, we're all in it together. Um, he's made he's made some brilliant strides this year. Um, I just it feels as though he's going to stumble over the line at some point, and that and that's why we keep on uh, backing him, at least me anyway. Um, but yeah, the level of consistency he's shown with his ball striking. Um, warrants a win alone it's just been re- he's been really consistent with that and this is the type of course as i've already said that rewards accuracy quality ball strike and i think when migliozzi won it last year that uh, he he was first in ball striking so yeah it's no surprise that um bjork has played well here over the years um he was third on debut back in 2017 eighth in 2018 um 20th last year and that was after opening with a round of 64 so he kind of fell backwards after that and uh but yeah his his lack of distance off the tee uh won't be an issue here yet um his accuracy uh from tee to green that he showed once again at Wentworth last week um that should be rewarded um and I was, I was also impressed with the way he bounced back um after he missed the cut at the Irish Open um the week prior and I feel as though obviously we said about the weather uh the first two days um going to be quite quite rainy and I think the wind's going to be um, strong as well so he's going to be able to handle that weather better than than most in the field so I think the conditions could suit um, but yeah it looks like it's going to be a battle to get through the through the cut um, with the weather but I, I do really like his chances um, I'm in on him again so Alexander Bjork is second in stroke average on a DP World Tour. The person ahead of him is Roy McIlroy, who's played 30 rounds to Alexander Bjork's 78. Um, he is second in strokes game total behind Minwoo Lee. Minwoo Lee's played 31 rounds to Alex Bjork's 78. He is first on tour um, in strokes game approach, and he is fifth on tour in strokes game putting. So the it has been an absolute dream season for Alexander Bjork. And the only thing that can put a dampener on it is the fact that he hasn't won. Uh, it's absolutely criminal that he's not managed to get over the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it probably, you know, hopefully not, because hopefully he's going to win this week and, and give us all something to, to cheer. But the guy has finished second, fourth, fourth, sixth, ninth, eighth, fourth, second, and then even recently 18th last week at Wentworth. At some point, he's got to gain strokes off the tee. And that might be the difference with him winning. Um, it'll all be done by accuracy if he does it, because he doesn't. He hits it probably the same distance as the three of us on the podcast. Um, but Jason, anything to add on Alexander Bjork? My mine simply is that of the top lot, he the, the course form is just ridiculous. Third, eighth, and twentieth, and he was a 54 hole leader on debut. And even last year, when his worst finish at 20th, he was fourth after 36. Yeah, I won't go lower than 20 for him. Um, but I think it's significant that I mean I, I agree. I mean I, I think I did have a go at Brad. When did you put him up? I can't remember when you put him up. Was it 
Oh, it must have been about a month ago now. I can't remember. I've been I've been on him a few times to be honest. It's hard yeah, to remember. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, my my point was that, that yeah, he he's made had one miscut this year. That was at the K Club. It was only by one shot, as well. Um, uh, and and his his efforts at like the Belfry, Himalayan Crans, all fit in with with something like this. Uh, led the European Open after three rounds. Led the Czech Masters at halfway. Um, and all of those are power over accuracy. So it suggests that if this does come to a bit more of a grind and a bit more of a length, he can potentially um, uh, compete. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I thought, not that he was gone after this cut, but, um, you know, I thought that maybe he wouldn't do a lot. Um, he's come back at Wentworth, uh, you know, around again, a three-line course that it was a bit weird. As you say, it was a mixed leaderboard uh, with power and accuracy. And he's done the same again. He's performed extremely well. And, and I agree. I, I think um, everything just points in. He has to go well, doesn't he? It's 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 very very difficult to see him failing to put something up. Look, twenties is as short as I would go with him. Um, but yeah, off the top, like, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Like Brad said, uh, sixty six in two thousand eighteen, sixty four last year here. Second after day one, top five at halfway. It's it's um, it's it's a it, it might be a bit of going over the top with Jordan Smith for a while, um, a couple of years ago, when he was doing a similar thing. Um, but, you know, like I say, of the top lot, I like Billy Horshaw, to be honest with you, quite mm. a lot. Mm. Um, but I can't necessarily trust him to go 72 holes without doing something completely stupid, as he's doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't think he's far away, Billy Horshaw. But, yeah, I've clumped with Bjork, um, only so that, you know, I can join in Brad's. Um, yeah. celebrations at the end of the week. that's I it we're, we're all just hoping that it's going to be engagement factor and that means even alexander bjork's begging that's going to be the case this week do you know what i think if brad got isn't? engaged to alexander bjork then we would have been on something that's it brad why did you do that Come he's on. not my type yeah, sorry no. <laughs> uh, no, he's too short of a hitter but anyway <laughs> look he this time of recording on a on a tuesday evening he is unfortunately only 18 to 1 now um 20 to 1 win only. Look, we, we've obviously backed him at 22 to 1 and whatever yesterday. So I would still take the 18 just because I think he, he really does have to win. Um, but, you know, it's, it comes with hazards warning, as we, as we pointed out rightly here. With would, you, would you, would you, at what point would you look to get out of Bjork if you're on the exchanges? Is uh, it a third um, round? Is there a price you'd have in your head? I, I think mm. I would be looking at. But I think the thing is with Bjork is I don't remember, and there there probably is one that's probably not that long ago, but like I don't remember a time where I felt like he should have won it. And yeah, no, you're not wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like, it's like he's there, but he's never yeah, like yes, in control yeah. of it's it. It's almost really... to your point there, Jason. It's a good point because you almost might want to get out in round three, halfway if he's got a couple of shot lead before he has the chance to even get nervous because like he, he doesn't seem to chuck it away. He just seems to not be close enough and then like finish his second at crowns like he did so um yeah really good point there i think i think to be honest i would just let it ride and hope for the best um but um that's that's me i'm i'm a little bit of a you know forgiver for someone like alexander bjork but before me and jason roll into someone that's basically the same sort of player um Brad, give us a little bit more reason for optimism with Adrian Otegi, who's 40 to 1 with uh, seven places, best price at the moment. Yeah. Okay. So, well, similar profile to Bjork, but except this guy can get over the line. Um, <laughs> yeah. Incredibly accurate off the tee, um, ranking first in driving accuracy on the tour this year. Um, is a mixed record at the Golf National. We've finished as a seventh, twelfth, thirteenth, and thirty third. Um, but he has missed a cut f- uh, four times, and that's from eight appearances. Um, that although he has only missed a cut once in his last five starts there, so yeah, that's he's sort of uh, had a liking for the course over the years, and uh, he's twice been in contention going into the final round. Uh, but yeah, a poor Sunday showing has cost him. Um, he hasn't been pulling up many trees recently, um, but he has been playing pretty steady, missing just one cut in his last nine starts. And yeah, as I already alluded to, we know the upside with it. Otegi's, uh, he can fly into action on courses that suit. Um, he's a four-time winner on the DP World Tour. 
and the way in which he won on another tough test, Valderrama last year was uh, yeah, something else. And uh, he's come close in recent months with a runner-up finish. Uh, I think that was at the KLM Open um, and a fourth-place finish at Galgorm Castle. And so, yeah, he's, he's he has had his chances and this is exactly the type of test he is after. And yeah, he hasn't won this year. Um, and I, I do really like his chances this week. I think he can. I think he can win. He's someone in that kind of range, isn't he? Where you drop off from the the likely players that we've kind of mentioned. You've got that little group of John Smith, Yannick Paul, Jordan Olsen, right? Where you don't really know what to expect. And then you've got someone like a Tegi that you know can win, has been in form, you know, on and off, and is a decent price. So I think yeah. it's a good unique blend there. But Jason, let, let's let's explain why we want to fill ourselves with pain, I think, um, going back to back with Alexander Bjork and Connor Syme. But I'll let you start as to why Connor Syme feels difficult to leave out this week. Um, well, I mean, I was just watching for obviously players that have come into form over the last couple of weeks, mm. uh, or the last three weeks, I say, obviously, with Kranz, um, K-Club and Wentworth. And obviously, Syme's done a fantastic job the last four times, fourth, third, seventh. And then, obviously, massively in contention last... Were you on last weekend? I can't remember. Yeah, I was. Yeah. yeah. I was, oh, right, OK. So, Sunday was was obviously, you know, pretty disappointing for you. Yeah. Um, but he, he caught the eye. And, and as I was sort of having a look at this event during Saturday afternoon, um, the obvious link with... I'll bring it up because somebody's going to say I might bloody do it. The obvious link with Celtic Manor. It's huge. You know, Noren, JD, McDowell, um, Miguel Anker Jimenez have both won both. Um, your mate, Peter Allhine ran up to Gregory Baldy in Wales and then was second here to Tommy Fleetwood. Fleetwood finished joint second alongside Lowry um, when they were second to Juice Loughton here in uh, 2014. So there's massive links with Celtic Manor. I'm really annoyed that, that um, Loughton doesn't play, to be honest with you, because he would have been banging there. But anyway, um, so we'll have to go for another dodge. It's really bad, isn't it? We go Bjork, talked about Loughton, going to Sire. This is really, really bad, isn't it? Right. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so when I went to Celtic Manor, the obvious thing was to look through through the winners of Celtic Manor, and you know there we are. You've got Callum Shink. I won't do Shinkwin because I, I know Brad's on. We can talk about him. But you've got Shinkwin that beat um, Connor Syme, um in whatever it's called, Kazoo Welsh Open, whatever they called it that year, um, and that's massive to me, especially as both came back to form last week. Um, so we'll do Syme. His figures were actually better all round than than Shank's win. Then Shank wins. Shank wins was. Sake. Right, his <laughs> figures are better than Callum's. Right, when when uh, they were first and second in Wales, um, and he's doing what Bjork's doing at, at the moment, isn't he? To be honest with you, um, uh, Shinkwin used his length. Um, he ranked 12th to tee to green back at the Welsh course. Uh, Syme ranked third to tee to green, 12th around the green. So he was better on his short game. Um, he's doing everything here that you uh, you know that you want him to do. Gal Gorn Crowns, K Club Wentworth. He's averaged 21st off the tee, 12th in approaches, 5th the tee to green. Um, obviously a bit skewed from Sunday's really bizarre iron play. Um, I think he ranked 61st on Sunday. He did. Um, top five, all the rest, yeah. So, yeah. look, I'm, I'm prepared to forgive one um, one day, to be honest with you. Um, he's not the longest off the tee, but he had an eagle on each of the first three days, um, which a lot of the long, uh, longer players didn't. So that suggests that his game is bang where he wants it. Um, he's made his way into the top 50, uh, I think 47th, I think he sits on the race to Dubai. So he knows that he's there with a ticket to uh, the money event at the end of the year. Um, last year, third place at Belfry in Kenya. Um, he's got top 10s at Amman, which fits with Guido, Rasmuth, JB Hansen, Kurt Kitayama over the last couple of years. Mauritius of Valderrama, uh, you know exactly what he's going to do. Got two missed cuts here, which may put people off. Debut five years ago, I'm not bothered about. Um, and last year he was inside the top 50, uh, top 40 after round one uh, with a 70. I don't know what happened round two. It's kind of a sign. Who knows? Um, course experience in flying form, really accurate, playing well to the green. So, you know, I, I thought it was fair. I thought he was the most obvious bet at uh, 40, 45, 50 and one, to be honest with you. So, yeah, yeah he was my first on the list. Yeah, Hilton Manor was a big thing. Second, third, eighth and 18th there in in three years obviously had two events in there in 2020 celtic uh, classic and the wales open so you know three top eights and an 18th in four starts of the golf course we love the most uh was huge and like you say i 
I don't worry too much about the, the missed cuts. It's quite a volatile golf course anyway. He's already overcome, you know, only, he only had one start at Wentworth before last week. I don't think he necessarily had massive form of the other courses he's played well at recently as well. Um, so the fact that he's kind of coming through and having these results, and like you say, the fact that he was still, what, third in approach last week and eighth in tee screen, despite the fact he had such a bad Sunday. And really, that was actually just one hole because he lost all those strokes going in out of bounds and then in the water twice. Um, definitely happy to forgive him that. And really and truly, like, he was slow to start with, and that, that eighth hole was probably coming all the way along. But, you know, he, he was actually still only one over going into that point, and then he, he made three birdies after that that triple bogey um, to show a, a real sense of character, I thought. So as much as, you know, he, he hasn't had it in the final groups yet, um, I still think I can forgive him. And this all circles back to the comment I made about um, Ryan Fox. So I think, you know, people would have said the same thing about, five six years ago and and we very quickly changed our tune so happy to, to keep us still uh with connor Syme. 40 to 1 now i think it's the best price you can get you can get 45 you take six places but 40 to 1 as we're, as we're recording a little bit later is what you're going for with the more places um i'll go on to my next selection and then we'll come to you brad for your next one um Nathan Kimsey was 70 to 1 when I wrote this up. He's now 55 to 1. Still think that's enough with the eight places. Yeah. It's a really solid summer. Um, you know, had the chance to win the Barbasol Championship, lost in that playoff to Vincent Norman, which we discussed at the start of the show. Um, but it was more what he did in his debut here back in 2000, I think it was 2017, 2016, maybe his rookie season on the tour. He was second after round one, fifth going into the weekend. And I just thought that that in amongst a really poor debut season, in addition to the fact that he's won twice on the Challenge Tour since uh, both last year, and he's really proven to step up even after an injury spell earlier in the season has been really encouraging. He won in France on the Challenge Tour last year, so that's always a bonus. He was 28th for Wentworth last week, despite being pretty crap on and around the greens. So the fact that he ranked 6th in approach and 17th tee to green not being the longest off the tee as well. I'm really impressed with Nathan Kimsey. So I think building a little bit of confidence, one, just in general, you know, now that he's a winner, uh, albeit at a challenge tour level, um, but really, you know, solidified his kind of tour status this year. And then he's really going on to to go to a golf course that he's got a past memory at, which is not something that he'd have had in the bag of tricks recently because he had such a bad debut season. So Love everything about Nathan Kimsey this week. 55 is probably about the limit. Um, obviously, all of these have got a little bit shorter, but it is what it is when you're back in these kind of players that have been pretty popular in the week. Um, Brad, final selection for you. Yes. Um, Jorge Campillo is mm-hmm. there's still 66 to 1, six places, but 60 to 1, eight places is probably where people are going to go. Uh, yeah. Give us a spill on Campillo. Yep, so another Spaniard. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, obviously, he had that hot start to the season, didn't he? And um, he, he sort of towered off the last few months. There was there was that five-week period where he didn't finish outside uh, the top 10, and he did get over the line in Kenya. Um, I was on him that week, and there does seem to be signs that he's returning to better form. He's uh, 40th. 33rd and 28th um, at Wentworth last week. He's trending in the right direction and he hit the ball exceptionally well at Wentworth, ranking out first in driving accuracy and 14th in ball striking. And they're the two stats that have proven really important at the Golf National over the years. And he also gained nearly seven strokes tee to green. And yeah, he comes into this week with his game in much better shape. Um, Craig Thompson messaged me after seeing I was on him this week. Uh, he told me it's his favourite course, which doesn't obviously mean a lot, but it's a, it's an added bonus. It's what you like to hear. And, well, it's um, funny when people say it's their favourite course and then you look at their figures and you think... Well, yeah, it, I always think that's why I mean it. It's probably <laughs> been his favourite course since his first visit and he hasn't done much since then. But, yeah. you know, anyway, it's a... Something to add, um, information there, and uh, yeah, but he, he's done okay here over the year. Um, it's nothing to shout about. Made four and missed four cuts. Uh, he's twice finished inside the top 20 with his best finish of eighth coming in 2018. Um, but yeah, it's more the fact 
of how well he hit the ball last week, which made it a bit of a no-brainer for me. Um, similar to Oteigi, you know the upside. It's massive. He he can win. Um, three-time winner on the DP World Tour. Um, and uh, again, he impressed when he won in Kenya earlier in the year. Like He did look pretty comfortable coming down the stretch. And yeah, he looks he looks a big price this week, as you said, 66 to one. Um, yeah, 60 to one with eight places. That's that's a big price for someone of his caliber. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. I, th- I think you've got a couple of Spaniards there that know how to win and have done so in recent years, and and that's always important. Um, this range is kind of littered with players that I think will get a bit of you know attention. I think Marcel Seam, Guido Migliozzi, Richie Ramsey, Southgate will all have their followers, but the one that kind of stood out to me that I still can't get to is Henny Duplessis, who uh, mm-hmm. Jason and I always have the, the little joke about with being at Wild at Heart. But, um, you know, he he's he just doesn't, he's not getting there. He's, he's, he's showing up and, and looking half decent, but not quite getting results. I know he finished 10th at Wentworth last week, but um, yeah, I couldn't quite get to him. So that was one that I did consider in that range. But Jason, go back to back on your couple of picks here in, in um, Callum Schinkwin and Marcel Schneider. Yeah, well, Shikrid, I mean, we, obviously we've covered his link with um, Celtic Manor. I, I just thought it was significant that he came back to form last week at Wentworth when you wouldn't necessarily have, have felt that um, this was a track he was actually going to do that on. Yeah. Um, mm. as, you, as you've already said, Nicholas Colsart bombed his way to the title in 19. Uh, there, there are sort of, you know, little hints that, that Shikrid's not, not entirely dissimilar to somebody like Colsart's. Um, I like the fact that he's coming to form as we approach the Dunhill Links, which is obviously one of his favourite events. Um, and, and there's always the worry that he'll, he'll want a slightly um, wider track than he's got this week. Um, but he's ranked 60 at the moment, um, so he needs to rise 10 places. Got Alfred Dunhill, which I think he can probably rely on making a few points. Um, but after last week, you know, coming back for the first time in uh, or since Italy, which... I mean, Italy makes sense. Wentworth doesn't, and I'm just, I'm just quite fascinated by the fact that that you know, at the end of the tournament, he probably had a computer that worked when he clicked it. Um, <laughs> there we are, right? Um, eighth in approaches, fifth tee to green, eighth around the green. We know he's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a strange putter, um, for want of a better word. Um, but I, I was just reading a couple of interviews from his Welsh um, victory, and he said. Um, back then that he thought um, it was a very strong stroke play golf course rather than he was smashing it around, I think, with Julian Guerrier in the final group. And Guerrier, you know, is a smash and, smash and find it. Um, and Schenkman just totally outplayed him. It was one in 12 under, so it wasn't like a birdie fest. He won by four shots. He absolutely shat in, really. Um, and I just think it was quite interesting, the fact that he was only one under for his eight tries at 17 and 18 last week. Um, if I said he's playing the two par fives at the end, it's a bit like when Cabrera used to play there. I used to back Cabrera every year. Um, and I automatically would think that he's going to be four or five under minimum for 17-18. Um, was only one under. And I think the fact that he managed to play so well uh, suggests that the rest of his game is rounding up really, really nicely. Um, mm. bit bizarre when he won in Wales. He was seventh the week before. Um, he's seventh here. So... Uh, you know, I think there's enough. I think there's enough. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't work like that, obviously. But no. um, uh, well, it's, it's all the factors don't work today. But we, we <laughs> um, but I just think he's. You know, it's an amazing. It's it's a massive return to form, um, and it's a return to form with the right clubs as well. And I think mm-hmm. coming here, right time of year, he knows what he's got to do. He's a confidence player. Um, I, I, I think I agree. I think Brad put over that. Um, you know, he, he thought that when it got down to 70 to 1, that he was a little bit too short. But, you know, I think, I, it's, I'm, right. I'm not... I think, it's, I think it's OK at that price. I think I, I do. I think. Um, and also he was it, what was brilliant to see last week was he, he, he there was a few wayward shots. I remember seeing on Sunday, but for the most part, he was pretty accurate. Like his 17th in driving accuracy, third in ball striking. Um, and yeah, everything that you just said that you, is, is a good case for him this week. And I yeah, took bigger, you know, mm. I took bigger um, for small amounts. But um, you know what he's like. He, 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 do you know what I think? We, there's cases to be made. I think you make fantastic cases for all of yours. And I, I think this is a tournament where genuinely you can actually look past sometimes some of the more recent form and, and, and find form from earlier in the season or 
or bits at the last two or three weeks where you can make a case for 66, 71, 101 um, mm-hmm. uh, players here this week. So, uh, yeah, anyway, it, the, Welsh, the Welsh thing did definitely um, uh, affect the decision. But had he finished, you know, 41st last week, he wouldn't have been in. Connor Sign would have been. But yeah. I have to go along with it just because, you know, that's the way it is. Yeah, it was, I just thought that the drop from 170 put me off a little bit. And it was, it's only because, I think it's a personal thing, every time I've, thought Callum Shinkum was going to be good. I've backed him and he's been shit. And I think it's just one of those ones that kind of etches in your memory, whereas yeah. like that probably won't be the case. I'm sure he will go well and I might look silly when it goes, well, why didn't you still take 70 to one? Especially when like, for example, I'd still stick with Kimsey at 55 dropping from 70. Like there's mm. still a similar sort of drop, right? Like eventually you've got to kind of just stick with a player. I just, the same about Shinkum is so like mercurial and so like, just so volatile that it just it just bothers me every time and if, if it gets to a price I'll just go out oh, whatever like hopefully he does really well for FIBO. I don't think he's I don't think he's, he's actually ever reached that level that he showed as a as a uh, an amateur no. in the no not at all um, but it could you know again he's not he's not exactly old um so it can happen I mean as you say you look at Ryan Fox I'm not suggesting he is Ryan Fox but you know you, you look at it and it only needs something to click at some point um I just thought there was enough there, and, and it, you know, to be honest, even if you play shit this week, I'll get a better price with Dunhill Linton. So well, he, he's he's thirty years old, right? And he's been around for ten years. He turned pro when he was twenty. So I was this is told to, I was told to follow him when he was about thirteen. Yeah, and th- and this is the thing: the reason people don't think he's got it is because he's been around for ten years, and it took him until twenty twenty to win the first time. He won that mm. Cyprus Open, didn't he? And then he won obviously brilliantly. In, in Wales, as we referenced a couple of times here, but he's also lost a playoff at the Scottish Open to Rafa Cabrera Bello. He's also, you know, so he could easily be a three, four time winner with some of the things that he's missed. So it, yeah. it's, it's, you know, one or two wins can change people's impressions so quickly, as we've seen with someone like Ryan Fox. He's a great case study, Fox, um, mm-hmm. because Pete, like, and I'm, I'm just becoming a little bit more forgiving of players at the moment. So um, there we go. There's all the, all the loving for Callum Shinkwin. Um, <laughs> Marcel Schneider, Jason. Yeah, Schneider bugged me because I read what I what I uh, backed last year, and uh, I've always these the last two that I've got, got here uh, bug me all the time. To be honest, I never know when to be on them. Um, but yeah, I looked at people like Ferguson, looked at Richie Ramsey. That uh, it wouldn't surprise me for both of them to fly back on yeah. on this track this week. But yeah, Schneider, I did. Um, I really fancied him last week after after he was performing fantastically well. But he does improve for a look at a track, so I, I ignored him then. But he finished 13th. I think he was closing from behind to finish 13th. Um, and I think recent fin- recent finishes disguise how well he's actually doing. Um, officially, only one third place finish in Singapore, but he was inside the top 10 during the middle of the Johnson Workwear Open. He was on the front page going into Sunday in Korea. He's fourth at halfway at BMW International, tenth at halfway in Scotland. 12th after three rounds in Crowns and 10th into Sunday at the K Club. So his finishes are worse than, than they appear. Um, nothing's great, nothing horrendous. Um, it, I, I, you know, I mentioned in the, the piece I wrote that it's a bit Guido-like. When Guido goes through those stages of thinking he's going to do something, hit 64 and then he finishes 38 or something and you just don't know what's happening. Um, he's made seven lifetime, seven from seven lifetime cuts in France. Um, so if he's going to do anything, this is potential. Obviously, mainland Europe, I think, is the place that he's going to do something. Um, and I, I just thought there was a bit more hidden form. I'm not saying he's, you know, the greatest player in the history of the world. Um, but I think there's more there. And I think the price is more based on the figures as to where he's finished as opposed to what he actually has been doing. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a thing. But, um, yeah, I went for him. Yeah, no, fair. There's always one in there. And this is the one for me. There's someone that caught my eye. The same price, 80 to 1, eight places. Rakoya Hushino. Um, whatever reason, just this week, I, I've decided to zero in on his career a little bit more and, and got quite obsessive over how good he could be. Um, and whether that turns out to be true or not, we'll soon find out. But I think Brad, potentially, I don't know if you were on him, the ISPS hander earlier in the year, but we definitely talked about him for yeah, that. Yeah, um, yeah, and he turned pro in 2016. He, he won on the Japanese Challenge Tour in 2017. Then he won on the main tour every year from 2018 to 2022. Um, two wins coming in 2021. So he's won six times overall 
2022, he lost playoffs as well. So he could have three multiple win seasons. Now, of course, that's all in Japan and that you might view it as unimportant. I don't. I tend to think that success can travel, i.e. Tom Kim's changed like, you know, Asian mm-hmm. tour wins into PJ tour wins. Hoshino obviously hasn't reached those heights yet, but he's been really solid on the DP World Tour. Sixth at the Razo Kaima Championship. He was inside the top four after 54 at the ISPS Hander, as I just referenced, back at home. He was third at the BMW International Open in Germany. Made the cut of the Open, which I think was impressive enough. And then the past two weeks, seventh at the Irish Open, 25th at Wentworth, 12th going into the final round. Just suggests to me that not only is he kind of finding his feet, I don't know mm. if you call it this level, but this this part of the world, Brad, um, and he's doing it in the stronger courses. He's certainly going to be someone I think that's going to benefit from it going back to the kind of plodding strategic course that it was back in the past. Um, yeah. But the interesting note of, of the US Open when he's doing really well here is best ever major finished 26th at the 2021 US Open at Torrey Pines, where he's fifth after round one. Just strikes me as someone that has got the temperament to kind of plod along if he gets himself in the mix, third or fourth after round two, could just stay there and be that person that's quite annoying for the person you might have backed at the top. Let's just say like a Minwu Lee or someone like that's, you know, out in front and you've just got his Hoshino that won't go away. It gives me that type <laughs> of feeling. And I think Brad, he can, he can contend and win in Europe now. Yeah, I think so. I agree with everything you said. And I think finding his feet is the, exactly what I would have said. Like, it looks as though he's, well, he's, he's impressed now a few times over this way. But, I, but to put two good performances back to back like he has done in recent weeks, I think is, is quite telling. And um, I, I think I was actually looking at him last week. I did think he'd like Wentworth because obviously it's a bit more tree lined and that's what he's used to back in Japan. But I don't think you can pigeonhole him. I think he's the type as he's shown to play, uh, to show up on all types of courses. Um, but yeah, I, like you, I think as he, as he plays more at this level, um, well, you could argue that the Japanese tour is a, 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 not similar, but it's still yeah. a strong level. Sure. Um, but yeah, um, I, I do feel as though the more he plays and the more he keeps getting these strong performances and good finishes that he's only going to keep building confidence and as you say I think wings can translate as we've seen with Tom Kim as you said and I I think I think he's uh he's he's gonna he's got a lot more to show I think he really does and it could be this week yeah I think I think you're probably right in the sense of like um you know tree line courses might be the place for it and either love something like a, a Valderrama or something I think um but I, I just, like you said, I don't want to pigeonhole him. I, I just think that strategy of, of what he's shown in the USA Open, shown in big events so far is great. And he's he's gained in three of the four metrics over the, over the last two weeks as well. Putting's been really strong last couple and mm-hmm. his approach play the first couple of times he's gained in five or six weeks. So something seems to have clicked. And if that is the case, then then great. Um, so that was Rakoya Hoshino for me, 80 to 1. Uh, Jason, round us off with our official picks here uh, with Marcus Kinholt at 128 places. Yeah, Kinholt was bigger. Again, bigger where they all be, aren't they? That's not yeah. to be honest with you. Uh, Kinholt, very similar to Schneider, I think. It's not really ever done what his talent suggests. I know he's had issues. Um, and I know he's won you know, many on a lower level. Um, but he led here through uh, the middle of the tournament on his debut. Finished quickly in 2019, missing out on the top 10 by just one place. Um, when he missed the cut here last year, that was the middle of three lost weekends. Um, and then he um, withdrew from the link. So there's clearly an issue last year at this time. Uh, previously to that, eighth in Kenya, third at Qatar, third at Hillside, which is won by Richie Ramsey, um, which is where Ken Holt has won his sole um, event to date. And when he did that, he beat Bob McIntyre, who we haven't even talked about this week. Ryder Cup player playing shit, playing this week for no reason I can possibly think of. Do you know that? Don't know why he's playing. Anyway, we'll have, we'll have beat, five minutes on that at the end because I think that's an important discussion. He yeah. beat McIntyre, beat Eddie Pepper, or beat that Wallace. Obviously, them three would go very well somewhere like this. Um, so I think all his all his um, relative form works, and it's not that long ago he was doing it. Over the last ten events, there have been few signs. I know it doesn't look great on paper. We ranked quite highly at Barbasol, Gangon Castle. And at every point in those four, including uh, Barracuda and Crans, he was inside the top 15 at some point after a round. Um, never played the K Club, so not particularly worried about that. 
uh, would have even expected to make the weekend at Wentworth. Um, first round was fine. Second round was, like some, um, pretty bloody awful. But he was in 33rd place after the first round. And second round, he made treble bogey at the 8th and treble bogey at 17th. But both were followed by birdies. I like that. I think that suggests a man that still wants to play, that still can play, that's still got a desire to do something. Um, he's 83rd in the rankings, so he's going to need a bit of a miracle to make the top 50. Um, but it does mean that his place is assured. Uh, his card should be assured. Um, and, yeah, I think this is the type of place I want to see Kim Holt play. And I, at three figures, you know, I, I, there's plenty there, to be honest with you. Um, I could not pick half a dozen at three figures. But yeah. I've gone for Kim Holt cause, just because I think, I still believe there's something there. He may be finished, but I think there's something there and this is the type of course for him. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. I, I think that I'm one of those people, Ken Holt, that we see a lot when he's like 33 and 40 to one, it normally means he's obviously put a couple of decent performances in, but he always feels a bit off putting at that point. But when you can get him at, you know, 100 to one in a field where outside of the top lot you're really lacking, and of course, where he's finished fifth and 11th, I think it's a entirely different prospect. I know that comes with the fact that he's coming on two missed cuts, but as you referenced there, Irish Open, the first time he's ever played K Club, and he started fine at Wentworth, so wouldn't read too much into either of those results right now. Um, a hundred's one, you can definitely get away with it. I think someone like a James Morrison is going to start fast, whether he hangs on um, mm-hmm. remains to be seen. I think he definitely needs Brad to get the throwback golf course of, of 2014-2015 for him to succeed. Right. Um, he opened a big price as well, didn't he? I think it was 250s. Yeah, and, and rightly he's been caught on to because he is making cuts, mm. but that is kind yeah. of what he's doing. At the moment, I don't feel like he's in contending form. So I could definitely see him shooting a low round on Thursday. Um, there was a couple, like, I feel like if Paratore, if, if it's going to be, um, you know, big driving again, then he will definitely benefit from that. If he goes back to what it was before, I think he's got no chance. It'll be too more accuracy driven. Um, mm-hmm. Couldn't resist looking at Soren Kelton again. I didn't go quite as far. As no, I was in as well. Yeah. yeah. Bigger course for him, obviously, it is a good course for him. Yeah, Actually, yeah, I, I think he's there. I think Mikhail Lindbergh is hitting the ball nicely still. Um, so another one I know you've been on Brad a couple of times, yes, uh, yeah, like him. So, yeah, I think there was a couple, but not too many to get too excited about. I think that summarizes our picks and mm-hmm. kind of thoughts on enough players there. We're coming up to kind of the hour mark, so any more would be. Probably too much of a discussion. People were not going to play. Ross Fisher's coming back into a bit of form, actually. Ah, you've hit my top 20. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, then. So, <laughs> boom, you're going to price. No, 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 I won't because you don't want to talk about it. But it's no, fine. He's, you, you, he's not, you talk he's about not, Fisher. Yeah, he's my top 20 of the week. Not yeah. showing a lot, to be honest with you. But um, when he does show up, he's doing all right. So he's third at halfway at Himmerland, which brings in Guido, Rasmus, and various others around here. Um, third at halfway in Ireland, fourth into final day. It's Ross Fisher. He's, he, he couldn't win when he was bloody good. So. Um, he's not going to win here. Um, October 2022, so this time last year, after five miscuts, he then went four top 20s and a top 25, and he went Valderrama, Portugal, Ned Bank, and Joburg, which fits here lovely. Um, and it obviously, his past, I know he's been around for a couple of hundred years, but in his past, you've got the Irish Kalen, Ned Bank, Portugal, Schwani. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know how far he can go back. You know, he's, he probably couldn't grow a moustache back then when he could do that. Um, but I just thought. Uh, a bit like your Karamiara from last week. Um, there's certain places where you think, you know, I don't know, I don't know. You know, Karamiara is another one I'd look at for a top 20. He mm. played really well for the first couple of rounds last week and he only turns up at this type of track. I don't know. So I'd look at, yeah, you know, I'd look at somebody like Fisher and uh, Karamiara for top 20s. Yeah. Top 30s, oh, like 50s, we're, 80s, 100s. Yeah, Ross Fisher, he was he's been seventh year in the past. It it just caught my eye, like you said, that he's had those couple of runs at Himalayan and Irish Open where he's actually been banging contention and just fallen away and that's in yeah. true Ross Fisher style. But yeah. you know, before the two missed cuts in his last two efforts series, twenty second and seventh. So suggests that he can get around here when he's in form and potentially he is. So another one. Um another one that we look forward to Daniel Leaks coming up as well. Absolutely. Completely agree. Um that's it. We're done on those. Let's have two minutes on the decision for Robert McIntyre to play. The only thing I can think of... Let's try and gather some form. Yeah, is that he genuinely thinks he's playing well enough, Brad, that he can impress enough here to play more at the Ryder Cup. As it, as it stands, yeah, it be, yeah. I can't see him playing 
more than once in the in the in yeah. the sort of you know the foursomes or the four balls unless he plays on the first day and is absolutely electric which i can't see in his current form so i think because obviously he finished eighth here on his debut last year it doesn't strike me as a goal of course that's going to be perfect for him and the the form it's just so up and down like 45th last week where he was never yeah. good really at any point during the event 55th at crowns when he was hanging on for his Ryder cup spot but then you've got the fourth at the Czech Masters, the second at the Scottish Open, the fourth at the Himalayan. Like, I've got this feeling that he thinks he's going to be good and get in contention and go, play me, Luke. Um, mm-hmm. But I can just see potentially what Jason was thinking, that he's just going to find water and and loads of rough and potentially he was just also, shit. Yeah, he was also in really good form uh, when, he, when he played at the um, French Open at this course last year. Like, he'd just yeah. come off a win the Italian Open um, I think that was like the beginning of a really good stretch of of golf for him and so yeah I don't at the time his ball striking was probably astronomically better than yeah. it is win, win 8th 20th 9th 18th he had in that five week stretch including the French Open yeah so yeah I think with the way he's hitting it especially his irons at the moment um I think, yeah, he's going to find a lot of trouble this week and do himself no favours. Yeah, no, I agree. Jason, I'm assuming by what you were saying to, to lead to this discussion, you feel the same, that it could be a, a disastrous decision in the end. I, I don't see the benefit. Do not see the benefit of playing this week at all. It's, it's a weird one because, I, like, I don't actually know. I, I guess it's just what I said. I, I think he's trying to play his way into more games, but he's just not going to play them. Like, there's there's five or six players on that team that are going to play four games and he's not mm-hmm. going to be one of them. So I, I yeah I don't know. Um, I mean last week you know don't be wrong if there's a, a a week's break and it's last week and whatever a bit yeah. like uh, a lot of the Solheim Cup stuff which is this week and will be the best tournament of the week. Mm. Um, okay. um, you've got a lot of those and a lot of those played last week. You know Charlie Holmes in flying form. Um, and uh, I get that because there's a week to 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 you know get over it if you like. Um, I, I can't see, you know, he finishes Sunday and then we're straight onto the Ryder Cup. And if he, well, he might finish Friday. Um, <laughs> I don't see the benefit of it. If he finishes top 10, so what? And if he finishes, mm. you know, 37th, it's, it starts people talking. You know, he becomes a focus right. of attention. Like you say, though, you know, to be fair, nobody's mentioning anything about Nicholas Hogard, who didn't do much last week. So, um, okay, mm. we'll see. But Hogard is not playing this week so maybe he's no gonna, no that's what i'm yeah. saying that's yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah yeah i mean i think if there's a week in it then you could say okay rory mcelroy came off saying he's got things to work on yeah. um you know and he's given himself a week well, i just think if this goes wrong oh it's just like yeah he's got given himself just, no time but the, no, yeah, really. the great thing is in golf is that we could be having this discussion in a week's time going fuck me i'm glad robert mcintyre played and won the french open ready for the Ryder cup do you know what i mean like it's so it's <laughs> so it's a bit like, yeah, yeah, I suppose it's a bit like JT Turner thought in it. I know he's got yeah. to do, you know, he's got to win a few points and stuff like that, right? Um, I get that. But, you know, he was on a bit of a hiding to nothing. You know, if he'd have finished 57th or missed the cut um, and shown nothing, I, I just think he's not, look at, as you rightly say, look at his form. It's shocking. I mean, yeah. it's, it's been crap. It's just so in and out to the point where he, he probably could show up this week and win, but based on how yeah. inconsistent he is. <laughs> Like, it's just like there's, there's nothing. His got, do you not think his mind's got to be? It has to. I know we don't second guess it, but it has to be on next week. Has to be. Yeah. That's what he's wanted his entire professional life. Yeah, is to make the Ryder Cup. So you've got a week. He could do anything. I'm sure he can phone him up and go, look, give us a few rounds down, Daniel Marco for the bacon sandwich, right? I'm sure hmm. he can. Yeah. So I don't. I just don't understand. I, I just don't get it. Simple as no, that. I don't. Yeah, it's a tough one. But like you say, we, we could be having a very different discussion this time next week. Hopefully not. It's one of those, really. I want Bjork to win for all of us. But yeah, yeah. I, cer- I certainly want Bjork to win. Um, if if, if <laughs> McIntyre goes on to finish fourth or fifth, then fine. Um, bit of a confidence piece. Look, I, I don't think Europe's Ryder Cup chances hinge on whether McIntyre is in form or not. So I don't think it really matters. Um mm. I think if we're going to win the Ryder Cup, we're going to do it with with Ra, Rory, Victor. 
Aberg and Hatton, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, mm. oh my god, this is such a massive love in this. Um, you actually said Aberg in third. <laughs> I mean, did you just do that to wind him up? Yeah, I did. Because I, I, I did, because I knew you it was the trivia. You got him hooked but... today, you got him hooked good. <laughs> <laughs> I think also, like, I genuinely do think he's going to play every every game. I, oh. I, I honestly think he's going to get rolled out there with Rory. He's going to play like Thomas Peters. Oh, I actually do as well. I in, think he's, love him. I think he's going to get three or four points in his debut, and this loving is going to continue for, um, you know, I mean, I don't know until the next Ryder Cup. Like, I, I think what, what, what the eight according to Luke Donald, according to Luke Donald, he's for eight Ryder Cups. There you go. I'm not again. I'm not. I'm not a fan. It's not that I'm a, not that I'm anti Aberg. I just, I just like this. You might be. You might coming. be more pessimistic about Aberg than I was about Shane Lowry. Uh, it's the freaking second coming, isn't it? It's like, oh my god, you know, <laughs> what's he going to do? Solve fucking world hunger. I mean, I hope so. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? He's playing well and he's extremely talented. He's going to win an awful lot of events. Yes, but I mean, God. Blimey. Just, just, just for you, Jason. He's, he's twelve to one top European uh, point scorer. Yeah, yeah, but Donald will be on because he is the only one who'll play <laughs> fucking all five matches. <laughs> Maybe that's what he is. Maybe there's just gonna be a really big uh, betting scandal. Not named Phil Mickelson. Oh, no problem. If, we get, if, if the fella plays extremely brilliantly, I mean, I, look, I, look, I remember getting Bossic called totally wrong at the um, at the Open. Um, oh Christ, the amateur champion. Fucking flew first round of the Open, didn't he? Absolutely took off. Oh, oh John, Go- John Goff? Uh, no, the, the South African Lambrex. Oh, 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 God. Big hitter. Oh, Lambrex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got him completely wrong in any way. So I might be completely wrong, but I just think, come on, can just calm down a bit here. Come on, Gordon Sergeant, turn pro and get rid of this gear. Come on. <laughs> well, there you go. Look, hopefully... Um, all, all, it, all this leads to is, is a European win. If, if McIntyre and Aber combine for the top scorers, and so be it, um, uh, it would be an interesting week if that was the case. But uh, yeah, let's summarise our Kazoo Open de France picks. Um, I think that's the best uh, idea right now, and then we can all we can all call off and prepare for the Ryder Cup conversation yeah. next week. <laughs> um, I'll go first. Alexander Bjork, eighteen to one. Very, very much on the border of, of what I can do with Alexander Bjork, but I'm going to take it. Um, Connor Syme now 40 to 1, eight places. Nathan Kimsey 55 to 1, eight places. And Rikoya Hushino 80 to 1, eight places. Uh, those are my picks in the Kazoo Open de France. Brad, your three selections for us, please. Yeah, with you, Alexander Bjork, 18 to 1, eight places. Sky Bet. And then I've got Adrian Otaigi, uh, 40 to 1. Uh, seven places, Paddy Power, and then I've gone Jorge Campillo, uh, 66 to one, seven places, Paddy Power. You can take 60 to one, eight places. Uh... There we go. And then Jason, your five selections for the Open to France, please. Yeah, I'm on uh, Alexander Bjork. Don't take 18. Connor Sign, Callum Shankwin, uh, Marcel Schneider, and um, 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 Ken Hobb. Yeah. But a little bit on Fisher for top 20 for old git slow sake. Yeah. I do, I do love that you've got it ingrained in your mind that it's Callum Shankwin as well. Like he's going to shank one on the, on the final hole. Do you know what? Literally told to follow him when he was about 13 years old, right? From a fellow that played at Moore Park, yeah? Yeah. And mm. I've never got his name right in in, in any podcast that I've ever mentioned. Him. No. And, and every other time I kind of let you off, but I feel like I'm on that. I'm on that yeah, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't that. appreciate that mistake. <laughs> no, exactly. And I feel like, I feel I've like got, I'm... I've, listen, I've made big mistakes on a couple of recent things anyway, so. Who, who cares? But anyway, Callum Shinkman's there at, at 71. Um, and hopefully he can. Hey, do we? What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> exactly that. Um, and now, no, just one more thing. One more thing that nobody can seem to get right. You look at every different website, and Robert McIntyre either has a capital I or not, or a small I. Nobody actually is consistent with it. Amazing. Mm. A bit like Norgard Moller, isn't it? it? Yes, yes. Yeah. No one it's, knows what his name is either. Changed Yeah, he has changed it. He has officially changed it, but I don't think the bookies have really um, no. caught up with it. Or it, the bookies. Oh, it's, uh, other people. Matty Schmidt still Matty Schmidt because he changed out his owner. Is he Matthias Schmid? Uh, who knows? McIntyre. Are they the same person? Yeah, who knows? McIntyre's definitely got to be a big eye, isn't he? I would have thought so, but, I think so. but I there think are so, places. Yeah. 
there are places where it's a, uh, a small eye. Yes, it's big eye, big eye for McIntyre, I think. Uh, Robert Duncan McIntyre to give or his an eye eye if he was to win oh. this week. Aye, aye, McIntyre. Right. We're getting to that part of the podcast now where we should probably draw it to yeah, a close. Really, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're due to, to speak about Vendetta anytime soon. I'm pretty yeah, sure. exactly. And, you know, we've already started it with, with congratulations. Now we might as well sort of go attacking each other as well. So, um, Brad, Brad's, Brad's got things, better things to do. He's just got engaged. He's got yeah, Brad this. might do, but that's why we're still on. Um, <laughs> oh. I'll be here for the next three years, but I've been married for 17 <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We've got the case study in front of us. So, uh, <laughs> gents, lovely to speak to you as ever. Um, big laughs as always. Ryder Cup next week. We will do a show when it's going to be. I don't know. We won't be able to do one oh, as the rhymes. pairings. Oh, go on, mate. What are you saying? That rhymes. It does rhyme. There you go. We won't be able to do one on Thursday because I will be out of the country. So we we won't be able to do it once the pairings are announced. Um, but there will be some pretty instant reaction on Twitter from us all. Um, but we will look to do one maybe Tuesday, Wednesday time once I've locked you all down from your busy schedules. Um, so look out for that. Other than that, gents, good luck this week. And let's get Alexander Bjork over the line for his first win in 2023. <laughs>